Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. So glad to continue the summer readings series. And this week, in these next few episodes, as you're listening in real time, will be from A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God. Take time with these. When, when you hear not only in the introduction and the preface, and you hear a little bit about his life, you know, in my uh, Producers Way School USA that's going on uh, right now, uh, their July assignment is to take hold of a biography of someone, whether it be Watchman Nee, A.W. Tozer, Elizabeth Elliot, if it's, um, you know, whoever it might be, but someone. I, I know one of the students is reading about Hudson Taylor, reading people who went before us and reading about their life. And it's just so encouraging because you realize this is not some new fad, right? This isn't uh, something so radical, right? This, is, this has been the norm of the lives of those that many times we stand in awe of them, but we never go any deeper to see what, what is it that actually happened in their life. And so in sharing Uh, I believe it's chapters one and two over the course of these next episodes from Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, you get a a deeper dive into um, what their life was like and what did God speak to them. And then they left those things for us to be able to read so that we can navigate with Holy Spirit through the days of our lives that we are in right now. So let these next episodes be of great encouragement to you as I read from A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. Love you all. All right, here we are, fresh episode. And my friends, I have been on family holiday for 25 days. (laughs) In one way or another, I have been in the ebb and flow of just being able to focus on my family and my home, and we've done a little travel here and there. We went to the Grand Canyon, took kind of an epic road trip for about seven days from Texas to Arizona and back, but just being at home, getting projects done, and being able to do it at that pace that you choose to do it, Uh, but I want to say that, you know, vacation is the will of God, okay? It is just absolutely the will of God, and you should be very strategic in how you plan it, uh, that you look ahead and you carve out those times and you say, this is what this time is for, because there is a time, my friends, for everything. There is a time to work, a time to rest, uh, a time to cry, a time to laugh. There is a time for everything. Everything has its season. Uh, But I can't be on vacation forever, and I don't think you should work forever. But really, I have the blessing of it being able to uh, ebb and flow uh, in a very strong rhythm. But I've enjoyed these days, and today is July 26th, if you're listening to this in real time. And I would just like to say this. This is one of the most important things about today, is that it is Caitlin Marie McCrady's 
10th birthday. And she's not up yet, but my friends, when she gets up today, (laughs) it's going to be quite a day because this is a very important birthday. So I'm going to ask you, the Tent Talk family, if you would today, when you pray, when you think about us today, if you would pray a very rich blessing uh, towards Caitlin and that the word that God has written over her life uh, will be guarded and kept and that the next days of her life and stepping into the fourth grade and all that is happening for her, that you would pray towards that as the Holy Spirit leads. But today we're also continuing summer readings And I had thought about switching to another book, and then I opened up to chapter 3 in The Pursuit of God and saw that it was one of the most marked-up chapters that I had in the book, and the title is Removing the Veil, and so I'm going to be reading it over the next few days because it's about Him, and it's too good. It's too good to not read, and it's pierced me fresh and And I think it's one of the best things that I could be reading uh, as I begin to transition because now I'm in this week of where it begins to be a little bit of vacation and a little bit of work. A little bit of vacation, a little bit of work because uh, we can't be legalist about this, right? Can't be legalist about work or vacation. (laughs) So they're starting to, to flow together again as I get ready in the next few days to fly out to Tulsa and then to Europe for 20 days Uh, in the month of August. Um, And so we learn how to go in the ebb and flow. But the thing that I was sharing with as as I met with my students in school the other night is that this is the one thing, this is the one thing that as I've had time to rest and think and our vital connection to Him is, is the main thing. It's not your issues with leadership. It's not the issues of the past. Don't let anything become the core filter of your life or the core hub or nothing but your vital connection to Him because this is, this is paramount. And this is what I keep coming back to, whether I'm driving through the (laughs) desert of Arizona or I'm with my family or I'm in my office for a few hours or whatever it may be, is if he is not my touchstone, the core, if he is not my reality, I'm telling you, friends, it, it could get rough because you start floating off and you look around and you're like, because this is the question that the world is about to be asking, is who can you trust in? What is real and what isn't? And my friends, he is the entire point. And when everything else shakes, crumbles, falls, when everything else is exposed for being something other than what we thought that it was, when we're disillusioned about ourselves, about people, about what, whatever, We need that disillusionment hmm? so that we can come into the absolute perfection of Him, that He is the one. 
You want to know who and what you can count on. It's not going to be the institutions. It's not going to be any of those things. It's going to be him. And then the, the rebuilding, right, of life, when he's the core, the rebuilding of life from the ground up, that he's the only thing that can bring the steadfastness of life that we're going to have to have. So anyway, here we go. Chapter 3, Removing the Veil Out of Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19. Among the famous sayings of the church fathers, none is better known than Augustine's, quote, Thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. Close quote. The great saint states here in few words the origin and interior history of the human race. God made us for himself. This is the only explanation that satisfies the heart of a thinking man, whatever his wild reason may say. Should faulty education and perverse reasoning lead a man to conclude otherwise, there is little that any Christian can do for him. For such a man I have no message. My appeal is addressed to those who have been previously taught in secret by the wisdom of God. I speak to thirsty hearts whose longings have been wakened by the touch of God within them, and such as they need no reasoned proof. Their restless hearts furnish all the proof they need. God formed us for himself. The shorter catechism, quote, agreed upon by the Reverend Assembly of Divines at Westminster, close quote, as the old New England primer has it, asks the ancient questions what and why and answers them in one short sentence hardly matched in any uninspired work. Question. What is the chief end of man? Answer. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. With this agree the four and twenty elders who fall on their faces to worship him that liveth forever and ever, saying, quote, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Close quote. Revelation 4.11 God formed us for his pleasure, and so formed us that we, as well as he, can, in divine communion, enjoy the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see him and live with him and draw our life from his smile. But we have been guilty of that foul revolt of which Milton speaks when describing the rebellion of Satan and his host. We have broken with God. We have ceased to obey him or love him, and in guilt and fear have fled as far as possible from his presence. Yet who can flee from his presence when the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him, when, as the wisdom of Solomon testifies, the Spirit of the Lord filleth the world? The omnipresence of the Lord is one thing and is a solemn fact necessary to his perfection. The manifest presence is another thing altogether, and from that presence we have fled, like Adam, to hide among the trees of the garden 
or like Peter, to shrink away, crying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So the life of man upon the earth is a life away from the presence, wrenched loose from that blissful center, which is our right and proper dwelling place, our first estate which we kept not, the loss of which is the cause of our unceasing restlessness. The whole work of God in redemption is to undo the tragic effects of that foul revolt and to bring us back again into right and eternal relationship with himself. This requires that our sins be disposed of satisfactorily, that a full reconciliation be effected and the way opened for us to return again into conscious communion with God and to live again in the presence as before. Then, by his prevenient working within us, he moves us to return. This first comes to our notice when our restless hearts feel a yearning for the presence of God as we say within ourselves, I will arise and go to my Father. That is the first step. And as the Chinese sage Lao Zi has said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. The interior journey of the soul from the wilds of sin into the enjoyed presence of God is beautifully illustrated in the Old Testament tabernacle. The returning sinner first entered the outer court where he offered a blood sacrifice on the brazen altar and washed himself in the laver that stood near it. Then he passed through a veil into the holy place where no natural light could come, but the golden candlestick which spoke of Jesus, the light of the world, threw its soft glow over all. There also was the showbread to tell of Jesus, the bread of life, and the altar of incense, a figure of unceasing prayer. Though the worshiper had enjoyed so much, still he had not yet entered the presence of God. Another veil separated from the Holy of Holies, where above the mercy seat dwelt the very God himself in awful and glorious manifestation. While the tabernacle stood, only the high priest could enter there, and that but once a year, with blood which he offered for his sins and the sins of the people. It was this last veil which was rent when our Lord gave up the ghost on Calvary, and the sacred writer explains that this rending of the veil opened the way for every worshiper in the world to come by the new and living way straight into the divine presence. Everything in the New Testament accords with this Old Testament picture. Ransomed men need no longer pause in fear to enter the Holy of Holies. God wills that we should push on into his presence and live our whole life there. This is to be known to us in conscious experience. It is more than a doctrine to be held. It is a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. Oh, my friends, that is just the opening paragraphs of chapter 3. Think about this. Hmm? You see here on Tent Talk, This is the tent of his presence. He's pitching the tent of his presence. And in that tent, my friends, that he pitches, 
There is no separation between us and him. There's no working your way in. You have full, bold, confident access, absolute oneness with him. This is what his heart has always desired. And for me, this is the abiding mandate. This oneness, the conscious awareness of him. This is where we live in open face with him. Step forward, my friends, in bold, confident access. For this is his desire to have you fully. That's enough for today. Love you all. We will continue this chapter in the next episodes. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.